Let your mind not be troubled. You may think about a person who originally said, Let your heart not be troubled. And that involved people who were burdened, you see, loaded down with all sorts of situations in life. And of course, what they would face on the spiritual level as well, which was certainly a fight, a battle uh, for many. Uh, Even though we know the outcome of all matters because of what this man said, he knew there would still be anxieties of life that would hit persons at times, and he wanted to still encourage them with, let your heart not be troubled. And so I'm just here to share with you today in the same spirit of let your mind not be troubled either, because it does involve using a lot of what we've been talking about, thinking ability, you see, uh, making a quantum leap, which we will make a quantum leap on this podcast, you see. Uh, Why? What is the situation? You know, there's one man who has a lot of experience, you see. And what I'm about to share with you uh, with this uh, one event, it actually happened way more times than once, but actually five, no, even more than five times. So I know uh, many of you perceptive readers uh, will identify with this. And for some of you, this information will come to you at the right time uh, to make your mind aware, uh, to make your heart lifted as well, give you something, you know, to really meditate and hold on to, okay? Well, let me tell you about the experience uh, uh one man, and remember I told you, this happened more than once, more than <laughs> just five times, but uh, <laughs> quite a bit. Well, through life, you know, there are people that, uh even though, you know, you can get along with others, you can get along with, you know, 90% of the people around you, then, you know, there's always going to be probably uh anywhere from 1% to 10% that's just going to be in those type of battles. Uh, with you, uh, battles for the hearts and minds of different people, opinions and friendships. Uh, yes, all sorts of things where, uh, sometimes you may not be the one that wanted to initiate any type of disruption or disagreement, you see, but sometimes misunderstandings and also, uh, ignorance, uh, causes someone else to wage you see some type of unnecessary battle or something that could really have been resolved in the right spirit. And that's what I'm uh, going to talk about. So in this man experience, there were times where even the very ones who had waged a uh, battle, if you will, against them, uh, to either get where they wanted to go in life or what have you. Uh, in time, they sometimes, you know, actually uh, ran into trouble themselves, you see. 
Because as you know, they even say, you heard this expression, uh, be careful how you treat people on the way up, you see, because <laughs> uh, you may once again run into those same people as you're coming back down. And so, uh, yes, uh, there are situations where legitimate, you know, good faith, balance scales, business persons run into hard times too. Yes. But you know what? The difference is when they fall, what? Their heart is not as troubled or weighed down because they know they did not take advantage of anyone, at least not on purpose, you see? And so once again, they can have, uh, uh, sleep good at night, uh, because of that. Uh, but we're going to talk about ones who, uh, for a while got caught up in the rhythm of things. Okay. Uh, the rhythm of this world and the way that the rhythm of this world, uh, really functions on, it functions on a lot of presumptuousness in a way of showing that you're qualified in this way or that way, even as a CEO, president, or leader, you see. And that's a shame because uh, you have persons who are not presumptuous, but have a lot of leadership skills. But because of the way this world is designed at times, and I told you in the rhythm and the, the tracks that they come up upon, it's almost like you can have all the skills in the world, but it's almost like you've got to, it's not almost, it actually happens many times. You have to compromise so many things that make you really would make you that wonderful leader or a uh, helper of people, doctor, lawyers, and things of that nature, that then by the time you get there, you, you're really not in the same uh, mindset that you were when you started. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't love people, but you've seen so much of the ugliness, you see, of situations in this world and what you were expecting, the way that things uh, were supposed to work and even in textbook, the way it was supposed to work. And then you find out, oh no. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you just start doing what you felt you had to do. And, and yes, and, and in that rhythm, um, may have hurt people. Uh, uh, you didn't want to hurt. Uh, you may have, uh, once again, waged a war or battle against persons. Uh, because this was told, this person was told they were your competition. And, and, and in fact, this person may have been really your biggest fan and really wanted to do everything for you. Uh, but the way that I told you this world functions on presumptuousness and things of that nature, you know, things uh, uh, don't work out. See, I, I'll give you just one quick example of uh, hurting people who may have been your biggest fan. And the way that you have to step back retroactively sometimes and look at the situation as to, okay, why did this messed up situation really happen? You see, there was even uh, another person one time who uh, had like the highest regards uh, for this uh, one person and um, and treated the person so good Uh uh, that persons, uh, on the outside, which some of it was just based on, let's face it again, jealousy was saying that the person was putting this other one on the pedestal. And you know what? 
the way that that person was looking at it, it's like, no, when I like you this much, you see, I can't help but treat you like this. I, it, I can't help it. You see, uh, persons want, don't say that when the grandparents, you know, are treating their grandchildren like that. I, it, you know, I always say it's funny, uh, because, uh, uh, just like some of the parents today, when they know grandma or grandpa is going to come around. <laughs> They end up seeing the grandparents doing these for the child. They say, they didn't do that for me. And then the grandparents just say, well, I'm doing it now. You can't stop it. You see, see what I'm saying? And so the whole point is, uh, uh, we know that, uh, people honor one another in different ways. And especially when it's coming from the goodness of their heart, it doesn't even matter to them. Whether other persons on the outside looking in is thinking, oh, they just taking advantage of grandma or grandpa or, or whatever it may be when grandma and grandpa got once again, this, uh, enjoyment of sharing their, you know, uh, last decades of life, last decades of life. Okay. Uh, cause this can go on for, you know, 20, 30 more years, you see. Uh, but all the same, uh, it gives them joy. And then as they're still doing certain things that other persons may not, uh, uh, you know, disagree with the goodness and things of that nature, all you can do is sometimes reply and say, well, you know what? This is still apples and oranges. You handle this situation the way you will handle it. And I'm going to handle it the way that I'm going to handle it, you see. Uh, but all the same, as, as I said, what can happen at times when persons can be even your, you know, your biggest fan, if listening to peer pressure, see, cause you know, grandparents sometimes like, ah, you know, I'm gonna just do what I'm going to do. But in the younger ages, you see, at times, even in adulthood, a person still can succumb to fear, peer pressure where they will listen to outsiders to keep Putting a person to the test who has nothing but, once again, uh, the, uh, good for them. And in the process, uh, by going along with the peer pressure, you know, by doing the things to the one that uh, really loves them or care for them, uh, you know, treating them not as a dear friend, but actually all the ways that an enemy would treat them, uh, you see, when the uh rift comes in and the friendships fall apart, if persons were to go to court, can they still reference where this is what this person who says they love me said all these things? Yes, the person said all those things. And they said them all in the beginning. And it may have lasted days, weeks, months, even years. So what happened, once again, in that transition, though, does it still apply? Is it still valid? You see, it was valid for the times that, once again, there was a agreement and there was an understanding between um, you two. It's like a covenants and contracts. See, there are ways that covenant and contracts was voided and still are voided out today. Are they not? You see, there's a breach. Uh, uh, somewhere of it. So, uh, once a contract or agreement has been annulled, if you will, then all the I love you's and all those other things 
would have to start afresh or new in a new type of contract, if you will. I'm just using this as an illustration because, as I said before, in hindsight, sometimes when people have disagreements, all you hear about is one side of a story or the coin of what some people would say. And they'll even make it sound like uh, a person had even led them on when it was like, no, it was no lead known at all. We were cool. We were cool. And once again, it was listening to outside influences, listening to their advice at times that, you know, you started valuing their, you know, uh, thoughts and opinions, uh, more than the person that you were supposed to be, have a more, a workable relationship with, more of an amicable relationship with, more, even more deeper, you see. So I just want to share, this is, this is what happens. So, still in the experience, as I shared with you before, uh, of this man, what was it? That happened more than once, more than five times uh, that he could count. You, you see on his hand where certain persons who had actually made him their enemy, you see, made him their enemy. He wasn't their enemy, but that, that's the way they started treating him uh, on their way back down. So to speak, they did come to him. Oftentimes, the majority of times, it, it was privately, you see, uh, privately in some way. And one of the things that the man uh, would say to some of them, at least, it, dep- it, it really did depend on, uh, I'm just going to be straight up front, it just depended on what, uh, the gender, it, it really did. Uh, and so, you know, it is what it is. So there was sometimes more in depth, you see, uh, conversation when it was the person of the same gender, you see. And so what he would ask such a, a person is, you know, you have, you see, all these other persons that uh, you work with, and I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, uh, but here's my question. Um, why don't you go to them? Uh, to help you in this situation or that situation, you see? And you know what the response would be <laughs> the majority of the time from persons who were actually, like I said, had up until this point for a while been treating the person like competition, you see, or enemy. It, the person was saying, would say something like this, because I know you're going to help me. Because I know you're going to be straightforward. If I was going to say it another way, in the way if you would have seen the expressions on their face and the sincerity and the hurt, they were basically saying, I know you're going to be honest. I know you're going to be fair, even though, you know, everything opposite of that <laughs> was said to doing all the competition, you see. And so the, the man you see, all right, you know, once again, because he appreciate, you know, uh, uh, what the good book says on certain matters, you see, about forgiveness and things. And we're really going to get into that. And like I said, that's why when you hear this, uh, more, uh, discussion on forgiveness that I hope, like I told you, all you 
sincere, genuine ones, your hearts will be lifted. Uh, but like I said, he, he, he understood these matters. So he went into more of, uh, okay, uh, just what do you have to do to, to resolve, uh, this situation? And see, in the process of one man, see, see, this is important. Pay very close attention to this. Okay. This is what he found out more times than five as well. That when he would try to help some of these ones who were on their way down now and actually try to, uh, encourage, some people may say enlist, if you will, uh, persons that were aware or part of this situation or that situation. You see, I'm saying persons that, hey, if you would have saw all of them, these persons out in public and stuff, they got, they were the best of buds and everything. <laughs> you see, however, when it came time to really help this person as they were on their way down and the man actually was trying to, like I said, uh, get encouragement from this way or that way. Instead of these ones who acted like they were, you know, with them. And, and let me make this uh, uh, clear on something. They acted like they were so with this man when the man was in competition, you see, with the man that he is now asking help from. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of support and jolliness, restaurant, dinners, gossip and everything else, you see. Uh, but see, the whole point is, in going back, still trying to get the help that was needed in this way or that way. Now, all of a sudden, these very persons were saying the exact things. Yeah, exact things. That the man who, you see, they had made, remember, there's words that go back and forth sometimes when persons are in competition with one another, even though you may not be in competition with a person. And you may say some very clear cut points about why this person is incorrect or very wrong and what they're doing or the way that they're treating to you, treating you. But remember, because all the crowd is on their side of time, uh, they act like everything that you were saying was incorrect about this person or that person or the situation. But like I said, when the shoes, when the person is on their way down, the man found out, oh, now they're expressing the very, the very same things that someone had, had been mentioning, you know, sometime before and how, you know, look, uh, this is the situation. This is how you can do to help or resolve it. But no, mm -mm. Uh, there was still more of, once again, uh, it wasn't important at the time. And I go into more details about that. But anyway, this is the point that, that I want to share. I'm not going to tell you the outcome of the uh, this one situation, this experience that the man had. But the point was to bring up how... What this one man, who, as I told you, was now on his way down, found out is that the very persons 
who were encoaching or egging on at times to be in conflict, you see, with this other person. You see what I'm saying? Uh, who, who, who made this competition. They were the ones now actually not wanting him to get or receive the help that he was asking for. You see? You see? And so the, what, what end up happening is, uh, this person saw God's hand, but just saw God's hand in a different way to find out what it was that they were doing all this time. And yes, the person did end up, you know, apologizing deeply uh, for that time period. And you see, the man, once again, uh, you know, had accepted uh, the apology. So let, let's just uh, move on, okay, about uh, forgiveness. You see, there are uh, some persons that they actually lose their opportunity or their right or what have you to, at times, use a scripture and talks about, you know, forgiveness, uh, uh, for, uh, you know, from you the same way Esau had given up his privileged birthright first, you know, born position as well. Uh, what do I mean by that? You know, in Matthew chapter four, uh, there's a conversation or dialogue or, uh, that was going on between Jesus and Satan. And I, maybe I shouldn't call it a conversation. Maybe I should call it, uh, more as a calm debate. Okay. A calm debate. Yet, uh, Satan actually, uh, at one point, had told Jesus to actually throw himself, you see, off a mountain or a battlement or what have you. And because the scripture said that God will give angels, see, uh, in charge of protecting them, that his foot wouldn't even touch the ground. You see, that's a scripture. That's a true scripture. We know Satan quoted that. But here is the point. How did Jesus respond? Jesus responded that you should not put your our God, you know, um, his God, the Lord, you see, uh, to the test. You see, unlike like that, not not like that. And so what did that go to show? Uh, it showed a lot. But one of the things I'm pointing out right now is it showed again that even though Satan quoted a scripture, did he even have the right? To tell Jesus to apply that scripture. You see? Did he, did he have the right spirit of that scripture? You see? You probably already said, no, he, he didn't have the right spirit with that, that scripture. Because who was Satan to Jesus anyway? His enemy, right? Yes, yes. And so you can see in these situations, uh, and we could use other examples where, um, 
Paul talked about certain things about wolves and sheep clothing and things of that nature, uh, that when a person is your outright enemy and is treating you like your outright enemy, does that same type of forgiveness that persons talk about that's linked with see Jesus ransom sacrifice, does it apply? You see, uh, for example, if Satan was to, uh, you know, come to you, you see, uh, <laughs> let's imagine we got an opera going on or some type of main um, event going on, uh, or, you know, musical or what have you. And Satan uh, was to come to you and say, you know, I've been treating you bad uh, for the last 10, 15, 20 years and more. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm trying to change a new leaf. <laughs> Uh, will, will you forgive me? Now, how would you respond, perceptive readers? Did they see a musical like that if, if you were playing in it or, or even say, ooh, what if that was a real life example? How would you respond if Satan did that? Now, really think about it. Because Satan couldn't conquer the person in this musical that I'm talking about, uh, in this play that I'm talking about, uh, you know, James Poetry Productions, okay? Since Satan couldn't conquer the person, now Satan is actually maybe as another tactic, you see, uh, trying to come asking for forgiveness, you see? <laughs> so my question is, how would you respond? Would you say, yes, Satan, I forgive you? Or would you say, no? And think deeply on whatever answer you have given, you see, whatever answer you have given, why you're given the answer in that way. Okay? Now let's uh, move on to uh, something else. Uh, still about forgiveness. Let your mind not be troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. When people learn about Jesus' ransom sacrifice, how it's a covering of sin, you see, it covers sin. It doesn't cover always, you see, the consequences of sin. That is actually often left up to uh, you see the mercy of the person who has been offended or what have you, you see, especially God, it's God first, you see. And so the ransom sacrifice covers sin, but it doesn't always cover, you see, the consequences of sin. An example, like I said, stealing from somebody. Uh, God even said, well, you know, you just uh, got to return it sevenfold. You see, stealing is a conscious act, you see, uh, of, uh, once again, often uh, premeditated, planned out, and everything else. You see, there was many opportunities uh, to, like I said, to say, no, I'm not going to do that. But the person went on ahead. And so that goes on to uh, show again that... Uh, Persons can have their different reasons that they, you know, uh, I make the joke about Robin Hood where they say Robin Hood stole from the rich and gave to the poor. But see, at the same time, God doesn't 
have to steal from the rich and give to the poor, does he? Now, once again, everything is abundant when it comes to God. Uh, but moving on, how about still forgiveness here? There are crimes at times. And yes, Matthew chapter 18, um, it is talking about the seriousness of the types of crimes that involves the seriousness of them all, you see. Um, all of them except the sin against the Holy Spirit, which we won't go into uh, the scope. You don't even really have to worry about that, but I'm going to use something in connection with the sin of the Holy Spirit uh, that goes to show that if your heart is troubled because of wondering if you ever sinned against God in such a great grievous way that you're sinned against the Holy Spirit and things of the nature, then guess what? Then most likely you haven't sinned against the Holy Spirit because you're a person who's, who sins against the Holy Spirit, and there are examples in the Bible. They're just not. They're just not remorseful. They're just not remorseful. There's actually been um, modern day heinous crimes figures. Uh, some people call them sociopaths or psychopaths or what have you. Uh, that persons knew once again too. Uh, that such crimes that these ones uh, committed were not. You see, no, it, it, it was, it <laughs> no, uh, no remorsefulness on the things of that nature didn't care one way or the other. So here, so here's the point again. Your pain of the heart for different things that you have done, uh, to this person or that person. See, did it already come about because you were able to already stop whatever the crime was, stop whatever the practice was, stop whatever the offense was or what have you, and and really just started trying to do your best, praying to God, asking for forgiveness and things of that nature? Or was it really in the middle of still, you see, uh, hey, this has become an occupation, and hurting people, if I can use that expression. This is the occupation of sinning against God. See, that's when you start getting into, like I said, sinning against the Holy Spirit and things of that nature. That it was just, it just went on because now, uh, finally, it was caught, you see. In other words, if it wasn't caught, it, the, the occupation would have continued. See, there's a difference there. See, reference back to that opera, that musical, that, that play I was talking to you about uh that that could be made see satan what is his occupation what is his goal what is his aim and so there are times where yes a person doesn't stop because their heart was being moved to do anything it was it just the person stopped because they had no choice so if you're dealing with, you know, see these two different types of situations here, then can one of them actually still come to you and start using scriptures talking about, uh, you know, if you don't forgive me, uh, then you won't be forgiven either. Okay. Forgiven for what? Uh, the, the, the once again, 
minor offenses that was never planned, you see, uh, uh, in the first place, uh, uh, even for mistakes that you may have made in times past. Remember I said before, there are, because we're human, there are mistakes made by humans at times. And even when you think or you learn about this mistake or what have you, you can still, after you've spent some time with the person or whatever, you still know, they even though the person made a mistake, hmm, they still not an evil or wicked person. They just, they just aren't, they just weren't at the time. It was just one of those things that happens. You see, um, these are the things the administrators and judges of God learned about, you see. See, the sanctuary really does and was meant to function in a different way than every other type of sanctuary, you see, that's on this earth where people go and get help and relief, which are, are held in very high regards as well, you see, because the same principle should still be, you know, as I've expressed about the Hippocratic Oath. In the Hippocratic Oath, it talks about causing no further harm, no unnecessary harm. It even talks about respecting the privacy of people. It goes into all sorts of, because it's longer uh, than what you may hear at times. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll put the whole written out one statement. Oh, that, that'll be a long one if I was to do it, but that's a side though. But here's the, here's the point again. There are good book, holy book, holy Bible, Principles well written out as well that shows the high elevated thinking of such. So still getting back on forgiveness. Remember this about the Jesus ransom sacrifice. People know it covers all our sins, right? So you can name whether you offended, slapped somebody, whether you uh, had a certain practice of life at one time, uh, whether you're once again making mistakes right now, this and that. It covers it all for the person who is repentant and continue to repent and turn around and continue to do their best not to, you see, uh, practice badness and things of that nature. It's, see, you, you're practicing goodness. You're constantly practicing goodness. And yet, being imperfect, you make mistakes. Okay. So now with that being said, uh, the ransom sacrifice, is that not still linked with your heart and mind? Do you still love, truly love God, whose name is Jehovah? And do you truly appreciate what Jehovah did with Jesus' ransom sacrifice and doing your best uh, to live your life accordingly? You see? So, with that being said, if God already knew, again, that we will continue to make mistakes left and right, you see, at times, some more than others, <laughs> you see, some less than others, then... The judgment time, you know, see that people mostly always uh, talk about or what have you, uh, is not really along the same lines as the type of judgment that Jesus talked about in the thousand year reign. See, the way that uh, the enemy has done things, the enemy has people at times judging persons for things that I told you 
even God not even judging them for. The ransom sacrifice Jesus is is covering them and things of that nature, but yet persons who don't fully understand the spirit of elevated thinking of God, uh, they'll run a person in the ground, you know, wanting them to continue to have guilt on end. And they can actually, the way some of the methods that they'll use, they'll tell the person one day that they've been forgiven for this one, you say, mistake or offense. And then when they want something else from that person a little bit down the line or something, they'll act like, okay, that offense was never even covered even then. You see, they'll just keep on using it. So the whole point is, would you allow a person to keep on, you see, taking advantage in that way? Of God's word, you see. Remember, Satan would use God's word as well. Would you allow that? Do you have to allow that? Because this is what I want to tell you about with the future of the thousand year reign, you see. It was talked about by Jesus that a time would be coming where every unprofitable thing that comes out of a person's mouth or what have you, uh, or will be addressed, you see? And one of the reasons is why the environment and conditions will be more conducive towards persons getting themselves together, you see? Uh, paradise. Just read Matthew chapter uh, 5. All sorts of things. And it really wouldn't be any excuse at all that someone could, you know, call upon to say, oh, I did this because of this and this. And so, no, look, say not even here. OK. <laughs> uh, and then other matters. Look, what, what you mean? Uh, uh, you're frustrated because, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you don't have all your body parts and this and that. Well, well, I already healed you within the first such and such days. <laughs> You see, you don't have to be frustrated now. You're you, you healed in every way. You wake up feeling good anymore. See, there's so much entailed, uh, uh, beautiful, wonderful blessings that uh, we're going to receive, and you know, in God's kingdom in that way. And so here is the thing. Would Jesus ransom sacrifice? We're having to use it every single day. We already realize it is all powerful and it can cover all sin. Well, you know, do you think it can even cover the sin of a person that's just hurting so bad inside that whatever it is was done to them, they can't get over it? Now, I don't say that lightly either. You see, and, and what I mean by that, and, and let me say this before I give this one last example or something, is that remember this. Okay, it's one thing that whatever offense was done to you, and I'm talking about, you see, even to me uh, uh, over the years or what have you. I realize that still does not give me the right then to turn around and do a vendetta, you see. You see what I'm talking about? A vendetta. Revenge. Because remember that situation that I told you about? I talked about it from Romans one time that once a person starts on that quest of actually then 
trying to go and do revengeful things and addressing matters the way that Jesus and God said to the Christian congregation, we said, no, this is not the way uh, that that you do things, you see, to take it you know, out of my hands. It's like, okay, well, if you take it out of my hands, then then, then that's you. you. You're not asking me, you see. Uh, you're using all these methods that, once again, the enemy that I talked about in that opera, that musical, that play, uh, uh, likes to use uh, to, you know, to hurt people. So, no. Once again, you may forgive a person and still have certain types of trauma that came from it. Okay? That can happen. And that trauma, I don't even want to go into but all I got to do is mention uh, things that children have experienced, you see. But adults experience it as well. But I mentioned children so that you can fully comprehend that, you know, would that be principally loving or right to beat somebody on the head that whatever this person, you know, did to them that, that traumatized them in such a way did then make them feel bad that they can't be in God's kingdom because they said, no, I, I, I can't stand to be around that person. I can't stand that person. And yet that person still can keep their hands to themselves. You see, sometimes that's, that's all the person can do at times. You see, so that's something to, again, to contemplate, uh, because if the ransom sacrifice of Jesus covers everything, I want to say that again. Do you think it's also going to cover when we fall short where there's so much trauma that a person just can't heal from on this, in this type of environment that we have that will be healed in that new environment, as you see, of God's kingdom? It's something to really meditate on so that your heart will not be heavy, you know, weighed down. Uh, because the one thing about, uh, like I said, uh, the trauma. No, make no mistake about it. Uh, sometimes people will use examples like, uh, Jacob, um, Joseph. Uh, it was one other example I was thinking about too. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know another one, but I want to, I'll use that for a different, <coughs> um, account on something. But the whole point is when you think about Jacob and Joseph, when they were, uh, <coughs> very mistreated, like I said, Hiko Esau, you know, I've heard persons get real, real upset with the way that Jacob, um, got that a uh, birthright, and uh, and there's been actually commentaries about how they try to make Jacob look like he was a, uh, uh, you know, just a deceitful man, and Jacob wasn't, because here is the point: God, remember, who can see into the kidneys and everything's of person's hearts. Remember, God already made the prophecy. <laughs> That basically Jacob, you know, from the womb was going to be the one, you, you see, that in, ended up being, you see, the father of the nation, so to speak, <coughs> where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, okay, you know what I'm talking about. So he also could see the heart condition in the womb. <coughs> 
And so Esau, as you know, no, he, he didn't appreciate his birthright that he had. You see? And God knew it. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews, whether well, he even hated Esau for that reason. Not a pre, you know, it was greed involved just for a bowl of soup. You see? And the way that he expressed it as well, too. You know, no, no, no. God already saw what was going on. And see, the thing about with Jacob, you could still see uh, all he wanted to do was what was right. You see, <laughs> that's all he wanted to do. Uh, at least that's the impression I get when I read the scripture. I don't see a deceitful person. I, I, I really don't. And that's why when um, I have seen persons make commentaries on it, and I saw more than one, you know, I'm just going to say this respectfully, even though Jacob is still in the ground. See, he's going to be one of the ones that's raised up from the dead to be one of the administrators or princes, how you want to look at. You see, imagine being able to meet him, but he's going to be one of the ones and Jehovah going to bring him back. And so I'm just going to speak this for, uh, uh, for the record. For the ones who have made videos and statements and made it seem like that Jacob was such a uh, a deceitful person, I tell you today, you're doing not only him a disservice, you're doing the people who are really trying to find the truth about some of these personalities in the Bible a disservice. Because by trying to establish your groundwork at times that he's such a deceitful person, you know, you, you, it's almost like you're trying to make it seem like, why would God even pick this uh, person? Now, there are all examples that we know, like I always say King Manasseh uh, about different things. But no, but Jacob, this is apples and oranges. He does not fit in that same category as if he was some deceitful person or wicked on the level of Manasseh because he just wasn't. Okay. So remember when Jacob still, you know, ran away. Because his brother then was upset and wanted to kill him. How many years went by? I'm going to let you look that up for yourself. How many years went by before then Jacob returned? See, that that gave plenty of time for cooling off, if you will, if it was going to happen. Not being bothered or interfered with, you see, harassed, molested, still by Jacob every day or Jacob doing it to him if people want to say whatever. No, there was time that was just clearly apart from one another. The the actions or the harmfulness or the hurtfulness was not being carried out. See, same thing with Jacob. uh, Joseph, once Joseph was, remember, thrown into this pit then sold by his brothers. You remember, they wanted to kill him too. Uh, how many years went by? How many decades went by, if you will? You see, it's something to think about because you can still see that stretch of time, call it a cooling off period, where the persons weren't just in the middle of this competitive fighting, nit, nit, pick, nit, 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 pick, uh, and, and worse, but that cooling off time period that humans need at times, and it goes to show it, uh, it doesn't always happen overnight about, well, just forget, forget, no, some things take time depending on how deeply rooted it is or even 
one person being traumatized and then even the other person being affected in a different way, traumatized with just meanness or what have you, uh, you know, just continuing to try to keep such these two at odds persons together at times in this way, it's just nothing good going to come from it. How do you read? I'm pointing out the point is you see the time and the distance. You see the space that was given for the persons who are doing the offense to stop doing it. You see. And then uh, on top of that, I know every situation in the days that we live in are not like that, but this is just giving you an example of why persons at times can't get over a trauma because they're still right in the middle of all of it constantly being bombarded and it being hit against them, you see? And if Jesus' ransom sacrifice is all-powerful, and God searches the kidneys in the heart. Don't you know he knows which situation is which? And so can even your own enemy come to you and say, <laughs> you got to forgive me. You know, you got to be willing to do this and stuff like that. Well, maybe you got the same situation where you are having a conversation like Jesus was having with Satan. He knew the spirit of the law. He knew Satan was his enemy as well. And yet, remember I told you this was a calm debate. And remember I told you sometimes that's all you can really expect in some situations. But was Jesus going to let Satan use the scriptures against him to make it look like, you see, he's not having faith or not living up to his father or what have you? No, he wasn't. Well, I'm here to tell you today. Satan does have a seed. The Bible talks about that. Are you going to let anyone, you see, who you know is just not for you, to then try to use the spirit, the good word of God, you see, to make you feel guilty when you're just trying to do the best you can? God knows it. God knows it. Thank you for being with me on this Perceptive Readers this week. I hope you will visit James Poe Artistry Productions at the parkbooks.com website. You have a very beautiful day, okay? You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers podcast. Remember, until next time, if you read something that encourages you to improve or enhance your life for the better, it becomes your reality.